Hello, and welcome back to the Embodied Nourishment Podcast. My name is Melissa, and if you're new here, I am a clinically trained registered dietitian nutritionist intentionally working outside the system as a nutrition counselor. Um, Inside the system, I was not free to treat people holistically, meaning my counseling was not allowed to address the psychosocial, emotional, somatic experience of relating to food and to the body. I was groomed and trained to work for institutions that function to generate enormous amounts of profit at the expense of the public's health. In the nutrition world, this often looks like making people dependent on medications, meal plans, lobby-funded nutrition guidelines, and chronic diet cycles. In 2020, I decided that this way of practicing nutrition went against my core beliefs, so I left and started doing things my own way. Now, instead, I teach you how to trust your body when making food choices and most importantly, to develop the confidence in honoring what it is that your body actually needs, which oftentimes will be at complete odds with what the cultural narrative insists you eat. The blocks standing in between you and the connection to your body are often filled with misinformation, social programming, hierarchical structures, and systemic injustices. I help you process the ways in which these things have robbed you of your body autonomy so that when it comes to making food choices, you can be self-sovereign again. Ah, yes, that is my introduction. Okay, welcome back. Um, I am so excited. I have been wanting to record this new episode for a long time, but I just, I don't know. I just haven't gotten around to it, but here we are. So today I want to talk about interoception. Okay, let me just spell it really quick in case you missed it and you want to like, I don't know, Google it. So interoception, I-N-T-E-R-O-C-E-P-T-I-O-N. Interoception, in, in it's kind of hard to, it's like a mouthful, right? Um, interoceptive awareness. That's what I want to talk about today because I know we all know about the five senses, right? But interoceptive awareness is another sense that exists inside of us. And that is the, that is the, it, interoception is the sensations that we are aware of that are happening inside of our body. Now, on a very basic, um, like a very basic example of this is like feeling like you have to pee and going to use the bathroom, right? So like you feel the sensation of your bladder being full and then you have the mind-body connection to go ahead and do something about it. And that something being using the bathroom to get rid of the urine that's inside of your body. Our body's internal internal systems are sending us messages and signals all the time and we're constantly responding to them right like even something as simple as it's getting late and you're feeling tired so you go to bed right your your body is giving you the sensation of feeling tired you say okay now it's time for me to go into bed and go to sleep you are responding to the sensation that is happening inside of your body um let's say you're having a headache right that's that's an interoceptive awareness you're feeling your head hurting you say okay let me go take some ibuprofen or something to get rid of the headache you are responding to the internal cues and awareness that's going on in your body appropriately now in in cases of like um, like autism or severe cases of ADHD or other types of neurodivergences, 
Um, interoceptive awareness is a sense that is sometimes weak. And if you're the parent of, of somebody who has autism, maybe this is something that resonates with you. Um, a lot of times children who are high up on the autism spectrum disorder, they have a hard time knowing when when to go to the bathroom, when to go to sleep, um, and they need to be guided towards these things. And it's definitely a sense and a skill that can be enhanced with practice and with skill. And that's what like the programs are for like early intervention and things like that it helps to strengthen these kinds of skills um but like I'm going to loop this back around to the sensations of hunger and fullness and how the relationship to food when the relationship to food is disordered I'm going to talk about how that can interfere with interoceptive awareness and how that breakdown of interoceptive awareness when it comes to food and hunger and fullness can then interfere with your interoceptive awareness with other things as well. And it decreases your ability to trust yourself and to trust your body. And this is why healing disordered eating can help strengthen the trust that you have in yourself and the trust that you have in your body and in listening to your own innate internal guidance. Um, Yeah, so let's jump into that. Okay, so hunger and fullness. This is absolutely um, one of the greatest and probably the most Um, clear example of interoception and how we can understand it. So a good example I like to use is like when you're craving a cheeseburger, for example, we're just going to use cheeseburger. But in your case, I want you to just insert whatever food item that you think is bad or unhealthy or too many calories or too much fat or too much sugar or whatever it is your food rules that surround. Think of like your number one off limits food and no matter how much you crave it, no matter how much you want it, no matter how much your body is screaming for it, you tell yourself no, you can't have it. Because what this is doing, when you say no, you are interfering with this interoception, okay? So I'm going to use a cheeseburger as an example because, I don't know, maybe you think cheeseburgers are great, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, cheeseburgers are so unhealthy. There's so much fat and cholesterol and saturated fat, and it's going to clog my arteries, and it's so bad, and blah, 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 okay? So let's say you show up to a, or, or I don't know, you're looking at like a takeout menu from a restaurant and you see a nice juicy cheeseburger on the menu and your body is like, oh my God, that sounds so good. I want that right now. I'm so hungry. But then all your food rules come in and say, oh, look, that that cheeseburger is 700 calories. That is way too many calories for a meal, or even 800 or 900 calories, right? Let's say it's 900 calories. Um, and you say, oh my God, I can't do a 900 calorie cheeseburger for a meal. That's way too much. That's so bad, right? So you say, I'm going to pick something healthier instead. So you go ahead and you order the salad with grilled chicken 
and low fat dressing. And maybe that's like 400 calories, right? And you're like, okay, 400 calories or 500 calories even. That's good for a meal. And the lettuce and the salad, that's healthy. Got lots of vitamins and minerals and grilled chicken. That's a nice low fat protein and low fat dressing. This is great, right? So you, so you get the, the grilled chicken salad instead and you eat that and you eat it and you finish eating it and you're like, okay, like I'm still hungry. Like that, like I still feel deeply, deeply unsatisfied. So you go look in your kitchen and you're like, okay, what else can I eat? And then you're like, oh, a banana is healthy. I'll go eat a banana now. So you eat a banana and it's like, okay, I put more food in my stomach. So there's like a little bit more volume in there, but there's still something really deep down that's just really unsatisfied. And now you start, like, this is, you start going crazy, right? You're like, what else can I eat? And maybe you pick up, like, a handful of nuts, right? And you eat the handful of nuts. You're, oh, that's healthy. It's healthy fat. Unlike the cheeseburger, that bad old cheeseburger, the handful of almonds, that's nice heart healthy fat, right? So you eat the handful of almonds. Okay, so you, now you put more food in your stomach and it's still just not quite right. Like there's just still something missing. So you keep going. You get a yogurt, then you get a granola bar, then you get some carrots and celery and you eat it with some hummus and you're just picking, 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 picking because you're still deeply unsatisfied. And you know what the ironic thing about all of this is? Is that you turned down that eight, 900 calorie cheeseburger because you thought it was so unhealthy and too many calories. And yet here you are doing the grilled chicken salad, then the banana, then the nuts, then the yogurt, then the granola bar, then the hummus, then, then the raw veggies. And now you've eaten like 1500 calories, right? So, so you've had like 1.5 times the amount of calories that you turned down in the cheeseburger because the cheeseburger was too many calories and yet you just ate way more calories than the cheeseburger and yet still you feel like I'm not satisfied. There is still something deeply, deeply missing and I, and now this is where you think you're, you're going crazy, right? You're like, why can't I stop eating? Why can't I stop thinking about food? Why am I obsessing so much? And the reason why you can't stop thinking about food and you can't obsessing about food and you can't get off the, the volume of healthy food is because you did not listen to the interoceptive signals that your body was giving you for the cheeseburger. Let me tell you something. A cheeseburger has tons of iron, vitamin B12, vitamin D, calcium, lots of other B vitamins. Red meat has lots of other B vitamins. Those nutrients that I just mentioned are not found in grilled chicken salads, bananas, almonds, yogurt, granola bars, and hummus with raw veggies. You cannot find, well, you can find B12 in the grilled chicken, but that's about it. The other things I just mentioned, the, the B, um, sorry, the iron, the calcium, the vitamin D, which I mean, I guess you could find some calcium and vitamin D in the yogurt, but I mean, it's, it's more absorbable when eaten in the cheeseburger because of all the fat in the cheeseburger. Oh, and fat, right? Fat isn't really found in any of these things, um, I mean, in the almonds, yeah, you have some poly, 
and monounsaturated fats, but you don't have the saturated fats. And okay, I need to do a whole nother episode on saturated fats because you need saturated fats. Listen, I know, I know you have heard throughout all of your dieting life that saturated fat is the devil and it's so evil and it's so bad for you and you need to limit it as much as possible. Yeah, it's true that you shouldn't be eating like 50, 75, 100 grams of saturated fat per day. There is definitely like you can definitely eat too much of anything. Like you could also eat too much spinach and like that could be really bad for you. (laughs) Um, It's like if you take it to the extreme with anything, yeah, it's bad, but you need saturated fats. Saturated fat is what helps to develop your sex hormones. It helps to, it helps the collagen in your skin. If you have a cut or an injury, saturated fat helps the collagen to repair itself. Saturated fat is also essential for immune system health. Saturated fats help your white blood cells to develop and differentiate and fight infections. You need saturated fat, period, end of story. It is not this evil thing that is coming to just clog your arteries and kill you. You need saturated fat. You need it, you need it, you need it, period, end of story, okay? So, again, what does the cheeseburger have that this whole array of quote-unquote healthy foods doesn't have? It has the saturated fat. It has the iron, the B12, the protein, the calcium, the vitamin D. And by denying that craving, aka that interoceptive cue, and you instead opted logically for these, the salad, the banana, the blah, 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 you didn't give your body what it needed. You actually gave yourself the wrong thing to eat. And here you are, right? You have this beautiful um, communication that's happening between your brain and your body. Your body is letting you know, hey, I need a cheeseburger because there are things in that cheeseburger that my body, that that this body needs right now. Maybe, maybe your body is fighting an infection that you don't know about and it needs some saturated fat to develop the immune cells for it. Um, Maybe your estrogen or your progesterone is getting low and your body needs the saturated fat to rise it back up to get it to healthy levels. And here you are coming in with your logical food rules and you're saying, nope, you can't have that. Okay, well, your body didn't get what it needed. So you're putting that like you're when you do that, when you are denying a craving and eating something that you don't actually want, that your body is not actually looking for, what you're doing is you are clogging that um, that pipe, right? Think of it as like a pipe. There's a pipe, a very clear pipe from your your gut to your brain. And when you are not honoring that and listening to it, you're essentially like stuffing something inside of it and saying, nope, you can't have communication anymore. And then this is what disconnects you further and further and further from your body. And, you know, forget about for a second, like all of the health issues that have potentially come up for you from doing this. You know, maybe like you're not getting your period. Maybe your periods are irregular. Maybe you're having like 
a hormone imbalance between maybe your cortisol is off, you're not sleeping well. Um, maybe you get you, it takes you a really long time to get over being sick because your immune health is not good. Um, all of these things kind of start falling apart because rules and logic outside of the body have now become the authoritative factor in determining what and how you eat, which is not always what it is that your body needs or wants. Most of the time it's not, right? Because a lot of these rules are coming from outside forces like beauty standards and misinformation and the diet industry that wants to keep you dependent on them, right? They're not coming from these these rules and these advices are not in your best interest, right? Like Weight Watchers, for example, doesn't know you or your body or what it is that your body needs in any given moment. You're not a robot who operates off of a point system. You are a very transient being who is constantly going through different kinds of things, different activity levels, different stressors, different just life seasons. Maybe you had a baby, maybe you're breastfeeding, maybe, right? Like the Weight Watchers points, for example, Um, don't account for any of that. They don't know you. But you know who does know you really, really well? You. Because you have a brain attached right to your body. And they communicate. They're trying, or they're trying to communicate at least. (laughs) But if you have, if if that pipeline is just stuffed with all this nonsense, blocking, right? Like if you had a pipe in your house that was clogged, you would call a plumber and be like, hey, uh, sewage is backing up. I, I need you to clean this out so that the pipes can flow freely again. That's what we need to do here too in order to reinstate that free interoceptive communication between your mind and your body. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a little ironic, right? It's like you you say, no, I don't want the 900 calorie burger that is like so unhealthy, so many calories, so much fat, blah, 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 blah. And then you go and pick, 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 pick all day through all like the healthy stuff. And then you end up like eating maybe twice that amount in quote unquote healthy foods, right? But okay, so and, and well, the ironic thing is that nothing about this is healthy, now you just consume twice the amount of calories that your body was even looking for on foods that didn't even contain the nutrition and the nourishment that your body was looking for. How is that healthy? How is that healthy? How, it, and, and this is where like, you know, I always frequently go back to the, um, I always go back to saying that no food item is inherently healthy or unhealthy. Uh, spinach is not inherently healthier than a starburst. I mean, it's really not. It, I mean, if you, it, it's the word, the word health and healthy matters in the context. If you were having a hypoglycemic attack and somebody said, okay, I have spinach and I have starburst. Let me tell you something. If you pick the spinach, you're going to die. Like not to be blunt like that, but to be blunt like that. If you're if you are in the middle of a hypoglycemic attack and you say, oh, I'm going to eat the spinach because that's healthier. Guess what? You're dead. Because when you're having a hypoglycemic attack, you don't need spinach. You need sugar. You need pure sugar really fast. And you get that from Starburst. 
Okay, so it matters. It matters. If you're running a marathon, same thing, right? If you are running a marathon, you're training for a marathon, and you're on the marathon trail, and you come to a booth, and it says, okay, here's the, the stop for some energy, um, spinach or starburst. Listen, honey, if you pick the spinach on that marathon trail, you're not finishing that marathon. It's not happening. You're going to collapse. You need the sugar. There, there's a hundred percent times and places where the pure sugar or the pure saturated fat in the cheeseburger is what your body needs. And it is so important that you listen when your body is telling you that or else that that pipe is clogged and that communication is compromised and it makes it harder for you to determine what it is that your body wants at all other times. It that when that clog is is sorry, when that pipe is clogged, <laughs> when that clog is pipes, when that pipe is clogged, it makes it difficult to hear when your body wants a salad, right? There are, and, and this is so funny, I always get this pushback all the time from clients and just from just people like on the internet, right? They say, well, if I just eat what I want when I want, then I'm afraid that I'm never going to want a fruit or a vegetable ever again. And I have to force myself to eat these things. And I'm, I'm just here to tell you it's not true. When you unclog that pipe, there are definitely times when your body is going to crave a nice cold juicy watermelon on a hot summer day there's going to be a time where um after you go outside for i don't know like a hike in the hot sun and you're sweating you come inside and you're like i just want a cold crisp salad your body wants those things just like in the cheeseburger, there's calcium, there's vitamin D, there's iron, B12, protein, saturated fats, and your body's looking for those things sometimes, your body is also going to look for the fiber, all of the vitamins and minerals in the vegetables, because your body needs those things to survive too. You just have to give your body a chance to communicate it with you. But anyway, what I was saying was when that pipe is clogged, you also can't hear when your body wants a salad. You also can't hear when your body wants a nice, crispy, juicy apple. In those moments, you might be thinking, in fact, the opposite, right? Like maybe your body is confusing a craving for a crispy apple for like a cookie. And your body doesn't actually want the cookie. It's looking for sugar. But because that pipe is clogged, you can't determine what kind of sugar your body's looking for. Does it want the sugar in the apple with the fiber and the other vitamins and minerals? Or is it looking for a quick sugar that comes from the cookie? Again, neither one is inherently healthier over the other. But in any given moment your body might be looking for something different. And in, in one moment, your body might actually be looking for the sugar in an apple that's fructose, that goes to the liver, that takes more time to get broken down, and it gives your liver some, some more um, uh, ammo to work with in regulating your blood sugar. And with the fiber, it's a slower release into the bloodstream, right? Like there's a time for that where your body might be looking for that. But because it's so foggy and clogged and unclear, you might just feel like, oh, may, like I think I need a cookie. But maybe you don't need a cookie. 
Maybe you don't want the cookie. And I know like that sounds really diety and like diet culture like, oh, and, and I am and I'm by no means whatsoever saying that if you're craving a cookie, your body might actually just want an apple. I, I totally hear myself right now and I completely hear how like diet culture that sounds. I am by no means suggesting that if you're craving a cookie, it might be an apple. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all. My point is simply that when you have food rules in place, the communication and the awareness and the cues are crisscrossed, foggy, muddled, mushed, confusing, unclear in any direction, in any direction. So this is why the the ultimate objective is to dismantle and get rid of food rules completely to get rid of them completely. And this is why in doing so, actually why why quitting dieting and quitting your food rules and your diet rules leads to healthier outcomes. I know you think that um, following food rules, following certain diet plans is keeping you healthy. But listen, I mean, if you have like a high cholesterol, diabetes, um, constant perpetual weight gain that's not stopping and you have just been dieting your whole life then you know at what point do you throw your hands up in the air and say okay maybe dieting is not healthy and and I know I know you're doing it to be healthy but I just want you to take like take a step back and look from a bird's eye view and ask overall in the long run has it helped or has it hurt and maybe it's time then to really try something new. And that something new is trusting your body. Going back to home to yourself. Unclogging that pipe, that communication between your mind and your body. Um, and let that communication flow. Because your body can tell you what it needs very easily. I mean, you trust yourself when you have to like, go poop right? Like you feel like, oh, I have to poop. Let me go poop. Like you trust that. It's very clear. It's a very clear example. The same exact, that, that same level of clear communication can also happen between what food your body needs and what to eat as long as you just honor it. Okay. I also want to touch briefly on, because I know this, this topic also surrounds like the topic of satisfaction. So I want to talk a little bit about the difference between fullness and satisfaction. So I know a lot of times like when people are restricting really hard and they're dieting, they tend to prioritize volume over um, over like what it is that they actually want to eat. Like the cheeseburger, for example, right? Like a cheeseburger, you know, like volume wise, meaning like how much space it takes up is not as much compared to like, let's say, okay, so let's say like you have a 800 calorie cheeseburger, maybe fits like you could hold it in the palm of your hand, right? Like probably will be like a little heavy, but and dense, but not much a volume. You could hold it in one hand. Whereas if you were to put together 800 calories worth of salad and raw veggies and hummus and yogurt and granola and, um, you know, I don't know, whatever else, um, 
like peanut butter or something, right? Like maybe that might take up like three of your hands, right? Like it's less dense, but you get more volume. Now, when somebody is dieting and restricting their food intake, what happens is your brain also will have a pull to the higher volume of food. Because what your brain is trying to do, it's trying to circumvent all of these like ridiculous food rules and restrictions that you have in place because it's trying to fill up. It's trying to get some kind of volume and feel like it's eating enough. And there's also like almost like a sense of entitlement that comes to it or not entitled. Maybe entitlement's not the right word, but there's this feeling of like, okay, I don't really let myself eat what I want. I don't let myself eat that many things. So when I sit down to eat, it has to be a whole fucking production, right? It has to be worth it. It has to be many bites. It has to be many mouthfuls. Because what happens is when you have all these rules and restrictions in place, you want to prioritize um, how much time you get to eat, how much you're... It, it, the brain is just so interesting how it does this. It's trying to just maximize what it can from what you are allowing it. Okay. And I know the, the fear because I like I've worked so much with individuals trying to recover from anorexia. And when we get to this conversation, it's so fascinating because they, they're very honest about it, right? They're like, well, you know, I, I'm a, I don't want to eat the cheeseburger because... I'm afraid that it's only going to last me maybe like 10 bites. Whereas I know like with the salad, I can make that last for like 45 minutes. And what this is, this is the fear of not having enough food, which is ironic because in anorexia, you're literally not giving yourself enough food anyway, right? But there's this fear that if you only get a few bites of that more dense food, that it's, it's depressing, right? It's like, like oh man, like I only get a few bites of food, um, then I'm not going to feel like I had my time with food. I, I don't, like I, I'm not, I'm not going to feel like I got to sit down and like have my moment that I get to control and I get to own and it's just going to be over quickly and that's sad. And it, it really creates like this sadness, this depression in thinking about it. And... I can't like say this in a session with an individual because it's like it's just like not appropriate and also like the the client or the patient has to kind of come like has to work through these sadnesses and these fears and these realizations on their own and just practice eating the cheeseburger um, on their own and working through that. But I'm not in a session right now, one-on-one. I am on a podcast just speaking freely. So I'm just going to say this because this is my only opportunity to say this with a microphone out into the world. When you start to eat foods that are more dense, even though they don't have as much volume as like your salad, for example, you get to Feel something that you are not feeling right now. And that beautiful word is satisfaction. And when you are satisfied and you are experiencing satisfaction from food, you are no longer thinking about food. You are no longer thinking about 
more volumes of food or more bites of food. And I know that's really hard to conceptualize when you are in a state right now, if you're listening to this and you like are struggling with anorexia or severe restriction and this is something that you do, it's really hard to conceptualize that 10 bites of a cheeseburger is something that will get your mind off of food for the next like three or four hours um, as opposed to being offered like 45 bites of a salad. But it's true. It really does happen because that's exactly what you're, what you're, when you give your body what it's looking for, it says, okay, thank you very much. I can move on now. It's like, all right, like you feel like you, you feel like you have to take a poop, right? And it's like, oh my God, I have to poop so much, like so hard right now, like so bad. I need a bathroom right now, right now, right now. And you go to the bathroom and you finally relieve yourself and then you leave the bathroom. Are you thinking about pooping? for the next like few hours? No, it's done. It's over with. You use the bathroom. Why do you have to think about it anymore? It's done. (laughs) You're not like sitting at your desk a few hours later thinking like, oh my God, remember when I pooped? When am I going to poop again? I have to like anticipating. When when do I have to poop? When do I have to poop? No, you just, you do your business and you move on. And this is the beauty of when you get rid of your food rules and you actually give your body what it's looking for in terms of nutrition. You become satisfied on 10 bites of a cheeseburger and then you get to stop thinking and obsessing about food because your body got what it needed it's not screaming at you anymore and you just move on with your life and like do other shit you get to focus on other things and not be thinking about food all the time um a few weeks ago i went i was traveling I was staying in a hotel and this was actually my inspiration for this podcast today because it was late at night. It was like almost 11 o'clock at night and I was staying in Baltimore, which, okay, so if you're new here, you don't know, I'm from New York. So like in New York, you can literally get like <laughs> whatever you want, whenever you want, 24 um, seven. It's like, you know, very spoiled here. Like really there's, if you want pizza at 4 a.m. You could get pizza at 4 a.m. Like there's always just something available. Um, But anyway, so I was in Baltimore, which is a a smaller city than New York. And it was like almost 11 o'clock at night. And I wanted, um, I wanted like a cookie so bad or like an ice cream sundae, like just so bad. I just wanted a dessert so bad. And I was looking at the map and nothing was open or like there was like a place 20 minutes away and it was closing soon. And I was panicking. I'm like, oh my God, I, like I want dessert. So I went downstairs and the it was like a Hilton hotel. So they actually had a restaurant in the hotel, which was also closing soon. But I went really quick and I looked at their menu and they had a chocolate cake on their dessert menu. And I was like, perfect, this will do. Like I'll take the chocolate cake. So I got the chocolate cake and I sat down in the lobby and I started to eat it. And this chocolate cake was so unbelievably dense and thick. I mean, it was more like like a really dense brownie than a cake. Um, but anyway, it was just so dense and so thick. And it had this like really thick frosting over it too. So it, it was just like, I mean, honestly, the texture of it, like taking a spoonful and putting it in my mouth, it had the texture of like peanut butter. Like that's how thick it was. It was delicious. Don't get me wrong. It was amazing. But I'll tell you what, after three spoonfuls, I was done. And it it wasn't like that big of a, a slice that they gave me, but it was more than three spoonfuls, right? So 
I had three spoonfuls and I had it with, I had a seltzer and after I had the third spoonful and like washed it down with some seltzer, I sat there and I was like, that's it. Like that hit the spot. That is exactly what I was looking for. And I took the rest of the cake and I wrapped it up, put it back in the hotel room and I had it the next night. I ate the rest later. But anyway, as I was saying, that scenario gave me the inspiration for this episode because it was just such a clear example of my body looking for sugar or maybe some kind of fat too, right? Because I was looking for like a cookie or ice cream or something. And I was looking for for some kind of sweet, some kind of dessert. I found a dessert, albeit it was much denser in sugar and fat and calories than like my original craving. Um, but I honored the craving essentially. I honored it. I got what my body was looking for. And in those three small spoonfuls, I satisfied exactly what my body was looking for. And I was not, I was not concerned with a volume. I wasn't sitting there saying, okay, I like, I want sugar. I'm craving something sweet. Let me go find like a fruit bowl. Right, because I'm sure that my the, the amount of calories and sugar that I consumed in those three spoonfuls probably would have been like the equivalent to the calories and sugar in like um I don't know, maybe like a cup of fruit, right, which is much more volume. But it wouldn't have been the same. Like the, the fruit wouldn't have maybe given me the fat that my body was also looking for in the cake. Right. So I would I could have maybe gotten like a cup of fruit and maybe it would have like satisfied a little bit of something and my stomach would have been like more full on volume. But there still would have been something that was so deeply missing, which would have led to such deep, like a deep sense of unsatisfaction, which is depressing. Right. But. I chose something of a much, much smaller volume that my interoceptive cue, my internal body was asking me for, and I honored it, and it truly felt like it was enough. It felt like, oh, yes, that is what I was looking for. That's what was missing in my nutrition intake for the day. I just satisfied it. I am satisfied. I'm, I could go to sleep now. I'm going to go to bed. I'm done. Like check, 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 check. I hit all my nutrition needs for the day. Those three spoonfuls of chocolate cake is what hit the spot. And I'm, I am completely satisfied now. And I, you know, went back upstairs, watched some TV, relaxed. And I did not think about food. I didn't even think about the cake again. I mean, I thought like, wow, that was really delicious. But I wasn't thinking like, what else can I eat? I'm still hungry. Um, is there anything else I could find? Do I have some like healthy snacks that I packed with me that I can snack on because it still wasn't enough? There was none of that. Nothing. It was, it completely quieted my mind. No anxiety around the topic. And I moved on. And that is what happens when you unclog that pipe between your mind and your body and you let the interoceptive cues and the interoceptive awareness flow back and forth, it can really be that easy and it can really be that simple. But it starts with you practicing 
honoring your cravings and dismantling and getting rid of all the food rules that are getting in the way of you honoring your cravings. And this is exactly what I help my clients with. Um, I help my clients unclog that pipe, feel confident in honoring their cues, and uh, honoring their cravings, getting in touch with their hunger and fullness cues, and dismantling their food rules so that the anxiety and the depression and the racing thoughts around food and calories and nutrition can go to rest and be quiet. And they go on to think about other things and live happy, full, healthy lives. And this transformation can be true for you too. So if you don't do so already, you can follow me on Instagram at embodied.nourishment. And I will also leave the link to work with me one-on-one down below in the show notes. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. So thank you for joining me if you've been here and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye.